Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 125, Too Big to Yank. I wasn't going to let Cammie's tantrum drive me out of there. If having me around made her crazy, I'd show her it takes a lot more to pound me down than the power she has in her flimsy fists. Bang started singing, I Got You Under My Skin, and Squire and Janet joined in, and pretty soon so did Fonda, and then even Cammie started singing along. Me? I don't do old crooner shtick. Reminds me too much of fat drunks trying to belt out love songs at weddings. Hey, I'm running up the street to get some cigs. Anybody need anything? Thanks, Paul. No. Where you going, the drugstore? Squire jokingly asked me to get him some condoms, and then Fonda jokingly asked me to get her some tampons. Har. 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 I split. When I hit the sidewalk, I lit up the smoke I was craving, but I knew my real reason for being outside was not to get a fresh pack of nicotine nails. Didn't lie to myself about it for a minute. All I wanted right then was some time alone to think. I was still the master builder, king of one for the road, and I liked that. But then Cammie tried to kick me when I told her about the being dumbass. Yeah, tried to kick me with her talk of cock-gobbling. Like I was a dog and she was some dog-kicking farm bitch. Okay, so she's had all kinds of cocks. But I knew that already. I knew it since the first time she ate my plank. I even said at the time, it's really nice to be with a girl who's had a whole bunch of cocks in her face. So if she was hoping to make me whimper, she was going to have to kick harder. A few weeks earlier, well... A few weeks earlier, the news of her adventures as a full-service face would have eaten me alive. But now, like I said before, I just watched while it bounced off my steely indifference. I could take it and just keep mum and chuckly, like the good-natured fellow I am. I could show her I was too big to care she thought I was some boy she could yank. Yank me? Shit. She didn't even know me. She didn't know any of my adventures and triumphs. I was somebody. I had sallied forth. That was my face as the jolly dad on the Travel Go Sunday ads. That was me as the colonial gentleman in the print ad for Filio's leather that came out on my birthday eight years ago. And the Filio ad was national. I took Junior to Hawaii on that paycheck, and she drained my balls like a groupie. And yeah, you're thinking, that's still small potatoes, and I'm juicing the importance of a modeling career, but it wasn't just modeling. I had agents all over me after my performances, Biff and Smile Shine. One of them said I was going to be the next Danny Kay if I could learn to sing and dance, which wasn't really important because they were looking at me for a sitcom. That's right, you butt clumps. I came this 
close to playing Jackie in Calm Before the Storm. You know what Cammie would have been to me then? I would have gone to California. She would have been some old splotch of chewing gum and gravel stuck in the treads of the boots I threw into the Pacific Ocean after my new rock star friends clapped me on the back and carried me down the beach on their shoulders. I'm an affable guy. Rock stars would love me. My sense of humor, my ability to bring out the best in everyone I meet, and hey, it's not over yet. I've got plenty of time to get out there, and when I do, I'll have a brew with whoever's left that hasn't moved to Austin or Denver. Where was I? Oh, right. So I was out on the street, the humid street, and it was slightly breezy, and I'm trying to keep the cigarette lit, and I'm just pacing and thinking and remembering how I was the star of the Seagull's Wing Summer Theater in the 90s. I played Banquo and Macbeth and The Sun in Six Characters and Tony in West Side Story all in the same summer. I got interviews from Cape Cod Papers. Nobody else in the cast of those shows got news coverage like me. They said I would go far. They said I was versatile. Well, I am versatile. Bitches I don't even know would sit on my cock with glory in their eyes if they knew the potential I still have. And that, as they say in the clumsier expositions of movies written by teenagers with agents, was when it hit me. The Majelco packaging was out in major stores that day. I was an unsung celeb right at that moment over at Reed Wright and Dwayne Aid. I looked around for whichever was closest. I didn't see one, but I knew there was a big Reed Wright over on 7th, so I stomped out the cigarette, only half smoked, and walked fast. At one point, I was jogging until I ran out of breath. Hey, it was uphill. And of course, on my way, I got a little paranoid. I started thinking there was probably going to be some problem. Maybe this read right hadn't stocked its shelves yet. Or maybe Rick, my agent, got the release date wrong and the product wasn't going to come out until a week later. Understandable glitches, you might say. But I didn't need a prestige injection at the tobacco factory in a week. I needed it right now, if only to see the look on Cammie's face when she realized I have a life and now she was out of it. Turned out I was worried for nothing. There they were, arranged in front of me like diamonds in impossible-to-open plastic packaging. Majelco had its own mini aisle, and that aisle had enough mirror-trim nose trimmers for a small army. They looked sporty and dangerous, like little nose derringers. And yeah, that guy in the photo is me. I pushed the call buzzer because of course the merch was behind a glass vault of shelves. When the frizzy-haired man-child opened the vault, he gave me two mirror trims without letting on even a little that he knew he was handing me little pictures of myself. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side. Copyright 2024 by Dan Wrench.